It's the week of March 10th, and this is MASHCAST 117. Another episode of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And for now, the triumphant return of the lover, the writer, friend of the people, Joel Couture, ally from the Great White North. How you doing, Joel? Buried in snow, like I have been every time we've tried to do a podcast lately. It's always something lately, and it's always snow. So big old month-long screw you to Canadian winter and fucking snow. And also, I want to pay you to introduce me everywhere I go, Jared, because goddamn, that was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I am very happy that you enjoyed that. (laughs) Very happy. But it is the truth. We are very happy to have Joel back. And maybe our podcast will be like we can stretch out to an hour now without like just fucking around. (laughs) <laughs> fucking around is what we do it's the lifeblood of the mash cat <laughs> uh, that is kind of true I'm not going to deny that one okay uh, so let's get into it top story from us uh, I don't want to say it's the top news but it is the top story from us uh, the one that hits the nail uh, for us is this uh, article from gamesindustry.biz uh, EA says that there is no, there was no damage done to the Battlefield franchise over technical issues. You know, those technical issues they're still dealing with right now, like, I don't know, netcode? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, specifically, uh, CFO Blake uh, Jorgensen said that Battlefield 4's ongoing technical problems have not damaged the reputation of the franchise. Um, he is saying, actually, it's, it's not just, um, Battlefield, it's actually the, uh, you know, uh, the SimCity as well, just, actually, we kind of touched on it last week, with the SimCity launch being botched, and Battlefield, uh, 4 launch being botched, uh, it actually hurting EA in general, but, you know, once again, this guy is saying, no, he, this is not the case, uh, he's saying that, uh, Battlefield is just fine, and people are still paying for it. Which is the bottom line. That's that's the bottom line, he says. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, we've tried to also, he's tried to, uh, actually, I'll read the direct, direct quote. Uh, we've also tried to provide extra content to the consumer to make sure they keep coming back and playing the game, and we're finding that it's working very well. Uh, I don't see that there's a huge damage issue here. I think for us, it's making sure that we're providing ga- uh, great gameplay for the consumer, and we'll continue to do that. I'm not sure if he's fully aware of what's actually happening, uh, because no matter how much content you push out, if 
you have netcode issues, that's going to diminish your gameplay. <laughs> so, I, I don't know who he's trying to fool here. Maybe the investors, but aren't they, they're in trouble for that now anyway. Trying to fool their investors. Um, I, actually, is it a group of investors or just one? I think one is suing them. For, for saying that they, they, uh, they made false statements uh, regarding Battlefield. It's a it's a class action lawsuit from from one of its own investors. So I'm not quite sure how that works. Well, he it's class action. I guess other people can join it, and that's the important part. Yeah. The reason why Nick and Joel are so quiet is because they completely 100 percent agree with me on this topic. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I I, I kind of wonder. Um, but I mean, I know that Battlefield Three wasn't as plagued as battlefield 4 has been but i wonder if maybe he thinks like people already have shat on ea enough that what the i mean the last two years running they've got that worst company uh an america vote uh that they've done very very well on or, or very poorly on depending on how you look at it um like you pointed out sim city was a complete you know just disaster right and so to a degree it's almost like it can't get damaged because it's already damaged. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it can't, they can't get, they've already kind of bottomed out that, you know, for, you know, the game is in a, in, in a, you know, a very, very bug state, but as he pointed out, people are still playing. People are still trying to play. It, it does have its fans. Of course they are still trying, trying to play, to play because they paid too. for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just said it at the exact same time. You know, every now and again, I still boot up Rage to see if anything's changed, to see if I can possibly play it now. Yeah, you, yeah, but, but and every know, time the answer is no, Nick. The answer is fucking no. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not, but that's a I mean that's a valid thing. And as far as he's concerned, if you're booting it up every so often, then you count as somebody still playing the game. So I wonder if he considers the fact that these people will now that they know better aren't going to want to play it again the next time or aren't willing to be part of like a sixty dollar experiment on will it work this time? Like I, I I'm excited for a new sim city release to see if it does really poorly or if gamers are the morons they can be sometimes and that they'll all trip over themselves to buy it again well actually one of the reasons why i don't have titanfall right now is because of these large releases that ea keeps fucking up now luckily for them titanfall had minimal problems i would say within the acceptable range of having problems on launch day they had um but I, the reason I don't have it right now is because I am still going to wait a few weeks. Actually, I might wait until after, because it comes out on the 360 on the 25th, and I think it's released in the UK on the 28th. And the entire infrastructure for uh, Titanfall sits on Microsoft servers. The entire thing, for PC and Xbox. And I want to see, I want to make sure that when I have the game, I can play it. But yeah, like this, like these launches have affected my decision not to buy Titanfall right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. These big online launches lately, any game that relies on a, like an infrastructure like that, I don't want to touch during the first couple of weeks. Like, it's bad enough lately with like these three. Well, with the 360 system, how many of those were freaking faulty, and how many problems are with system launches? Yeah, I still don't really want to get into the, like buying a system on launch like this. And now the games are getting into having those problems. Like, it's just. I don't know. I don't want to touch these things nowadays. I want to hold out and see if things work. And I'm wondering how many people are doing that. And if the problems don't get any better, how many more gamers are going to do that? 
But for for Titanfall though, I mean, it it launched on PC, but it only launched on the Xbox One as well. And that's there's not as many Xbox Ones out there as there are 360s. There's not yeah. as many copies of Titanfall out there as there are of Battlefield Four because it plays on more platforms. Mm-hmm. So to that degree, it's it, it the degree of difficulty is a little lower there. They don't have to man, you know they don't have to maintain as much infrastructure to support that. Oh, that's true. I, I but I'm not taking my chances. <laughs> I am not saying you think you think as many people bought SimCity as uh you know did Titanfall. Could be. Actually, yeah. I'm, <laughs> We're gonna, all I'm gonna say yeah. no, and that answer is right because I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like honestly though, like I don't think so. Like SimCity is is awesome and all, but SimCity is no uh, you know it's it's no it's no Titanfall Titanfall. Is going to be one of the biggest releases this year. Titanfall is going to actually help the Xbox One, um, so, uh, so I, I don't think SimCity is touching its numbers. To be honest, perfectly honest with you. Well, let me see here. Immaculately honest. <laughs> what are you looking for? I'm trying to figure out like how much is uh, Titanfall and SimCity sold. Oh well, Titanfall's been out for less than a week. Yeah, yeah, but still at launch. How, how many? How many? You know, how many users were trying to get in on SimCity that they crashed the servers at that time? That's very true. I don't think they probably didn't release those numbers. I want to say they did because didn't they say like how many people? Like that was what they had to stop selling the game because too many people had bought it and were trying to get in. Maybe. But uh, I don't know. But yeah, this has definitely affected me. Like I have no interest in buying another Battlefield. Like I did not buy Battlefield Four. I was gonna wait it out. But at this point, like, dude, like, they're still working on netcode. Netcode, right now. They're, they're, it's a top priority for them to fix, fix the netcode. It should have been a top priority to have the netcode working before uh, the game came out <laughs> in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, I, no damage to the Battlefield franchise. I know people who have been longtime fans of the Battlefield series who are now like they they they're I don't want to say they're not fans of the series anymore, but they're not playing Battlefield. Um, some of them are playing Titanfall, some of them are playing Call of Duty, others they're just they're not playing Battlefield, and I, it's probably gonna hurt them on the next go round when people want to go go to buy Battlefield. Even though I don't think they've announced a new Battlefield for this year, I think Battlefield runs on a two year cycle. It seems to be run a lot longer, yeah. Plus, I think announcing a new one when the current one's not even working it might not be the best idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's EA will do it though. If you want somebody oh, with the EA balls to do, do that, it. you want somebody with the balls to do it. It's fucking EA. EA has the balls to do that shit. But um, yeah, I, I, actually, I wonder what military shooter they're gonna come up with this year because they were. I do know they do want a military. Maybe they just gave up on that. They wanted a military shooter every year. But then they had Medal of the Second Medal of Honor flop because EA got its hands into it, or the the the, the higher ups in EA got its hand, their hands into it. So Medal of Honor is not coming back, and yeah, now you just have Battlefield every two years. I don't know. I'm afraid for them to make a bad company. Like I badly want a bad company three, and I'm afraid now because if they make a bad company three and it's bad, I'm gonna be very very upset. Mm. You know, so I'm kind of like, I want a bad company three, but I don't want a bad company three because they might fuck it up, <laughs> you know? Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, mm, mm, 
I'm very uh very afraid. <laughs> very afraid. So but EA can keep thinking that, you know, it uh it it's not hurt, or at least the CFO, which you know his his opinion counts and so it's bad that he thinks it doesn't hurt. Because if they start bringing, like, you know, new procedures to him that might actually fix the process, but he's like, oh, that costs money? Poo-poo, no way, bye-bye. And that's that. I, and it's bad when the higher-ups can't recognize the problem. But that's what happens when your higher-ups are not part of the games. Like, they didn't come up in the games industry or don't play games at all. It's just a business model to him. Yeah, their their job is like fancier level PR at this point. Really, it's like no, no, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Especially if he's got investors who are breathing down his neck with a lawsuit, making yeah. them feel like, oh wait, it's not a problem. Don't worry, your money is safe. That's his top priority right now. Probably not getting the game into people's hands in a functional state, but just getting those investors to drop the lawsuit. So it's all damage control at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. Is it possible? I, oh, go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say, is it possible that he does know that the game is terrible, and he's just, you know, putting on a game face for marketing purposes, and he's, you know, just openly decided like we're not gonna publicly talk about it, but internally he is trying to make sure that everything gets done. I'm sure it's possible. No, <laughs> I'm gonna right. say he is not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I, I don't believe he's doing that. He he is the money guy. He just wants to make sure that the money keeps flowing in, and until the the flow of cash is disrupted, until that happens, he won't see it because that's all he sees. You know, he's not like a dev or anything like that. Like that is all he sees. He will not. He will not notice anything until uh, the money stops. You know, until the problem with the money. So. But until that day, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I said last week, EA needs to bottom out. We really need EA to bottom out so that they can be get good again. We <laughs> need them to bottom out so they can get good again. Please, please. You know, people stop buying their games so, so they can bottom out. <laughs> the and only they can, way they'll learn. Yeah. So, so let them bottom out so we, can, so we can start getting good games from EA again. Please, I implore you. Uh, but okay, let's, uh, well, let's talk about something that, well, I was gonna say it's a bit positive for uh, for EA, which is Titanfall. That launch went well. Um, PC, actually, both PC and Xbox Live had connectivity issues due to the traffic uh, that came in. But because it sits in Microsoft Azure Cloud, um, that was alleviated uh, because you could you need to just spin up more servers and you're okay. So. Uh, they, I think, like they had, they had issues on launch day and the day after launch day, but fixed it late the day after launch day. Uh, these 503 errors that PC users were getting and then Xbox Live going down completely, so that was good of them that they were able to fix that. Um, one other thing that's been coming up is cheaters. Uh, apparently, respawn is they're looking to root out cheaters in Titanfall. Uh, that is a that's a big thing happening right now. Uh, several people complaining about cheaters uh, in Titanfall with aim bots and stuff like that. Uh, so respawn is actively looking for cheaters. They're they're logging them and they're getting rooted out shortly. I'm curious to see how well they do this uh, 
because I have yet to see a developer clear cheaters out of its system very well using their own anti-cheat. I have yet to see that. The only people who I'd even give credit to for doing that well would be Blizzard. But you know how long it took them to ban all those hackers from uh, from um, Brood War? And so, like with StarCraft. I'm not even sure if they did cheaters in WoW. I don't even know how you really cheat in WoW. Gold Farmers. Gold Farmers. Like, Are they rooting out the Gold Farmers? Because last time it's... I checked, gold is cheap now. Which means they're, they're mining well, a lot gold, of gold is cheap because they've devalued it. Okay. But... Yeah, no, it's um, they you know every so often you hear about that, but lately they haven't uh, they haven't been doing too much with that. Yeah, I remember years ago there was a huge sweep regarding um, Brood War, and Blizzard cleared out a lot of cheaters in Brood War. Yeah, they tend to move in very massive strokes, so they'll they'll like let it build up and then just clear a ton out at once. Yeah, but the thing is, it took so long for them to do that. I mean, hacks that I know were viable back in, like, 2002 were still working, like, years later. So, um, it took them such a long time to do that. So, of course, if you take a really long time, I can, you know, you better get the cheaters at that point, <laughs> you know. But when it when it came to, um, like, actually, these are the same people, because Respawn, like, is a lot of the guys from Respawn are from, um, Infinity Ward. And Infinity Ward tried to clear, clear the cheaters out of uh, Black Ops 2. And um, that didn't work. That did not work. Uh, the cheaters was, were still prevalent. Even to, to today, they couldn't catch all the cheaters. And that's not just PC, but that's also on the Xbox 360. There were a lot of cheaters. Uh, so, the, now... The Xbox One may not be experiencing a lot of cheaters yet, but I think that's only because the Xbox One is so new and maybe hacks are not working for it yet. Like, I really haven't heard of anybody, like, you know, rooting an Xbox One at this point. Then again, the price point of the Xbox One may be a deterrent for people to actually break it open. Because, <laughs> like, I just paid $500 for this thing. I'm not fucking hacking it. Uh, so, but yeah, I haven't seen anybody, uh, you know, hack an Xbox One yet so they can hack their games. But, uh... Yeah, there is one way and the, I guess the reason I picked this article, there is definitely a way to alleviate this problem. Actually, there's a way to alleviate um, problems with server load, too. And that is to allow dedicated servers. And I mean true dedicated servers. I'm not talking about, like, what... Call of Duty offers now, what Battlefield offers now, where you can get dedicated servers, but you can never get the server files. Like, you can you can have a host put servers up for you. Actually, I think at this, with Titanfall, you have to go through Microsoft. Like it, it has to be in the Microsoft Cloud, your dedicated server. So you can have your dedicated server, but you can, like, you can never pull the files down yourself. You can never make your own dedicated server. And the reason why that's so important versus having regular dedicated servers is that um, one, that's, you know, what, what used to be huge was clan servers. You know, I, I want to say back in the day where we're talking. Actually, I mean, Counter-Strike, they still do it because uh, you, you have the dedicated server files. But, you know, you'll get more servers up than probably what they're offering right now uh, because of, of the huge community and the community who put up the servers themselves. Also, when you give the community the server files, it allows them to make mods 
put up mods uh, specifically for anti-cheat. Like, I remember when Val came out with VAC and everybody was kind of happy, and then we realized that VAC sucked. VAC never worked. VAC caught, you know, some people, you know, doing some stupid shit, but, like, the important stuff, it never caught it. Like, if you saw a guy spinning around in a server, shooting in every direction, VAC might catch that person's hack. Might catch the person's hack. But for VAC to catch somebody who is wall hacking, you know, or uh, aimbotting, because aimbots, they get smarter. Like, they, people, they, get, they get smarter. Like, aimbots, um, they used to be able to, de- to detect an aimbot if all of the hits that were registered were around the person's hitbox. Like, on the very edge of the hitbox, it would hit, it would hit there, and that's how you can detect it. You understand what I'm saying? Are you following me? Yeah, no, I'm I'm just surprised it would do that on the edge of the hitbox. I would think, like, why wouldn't it aim more dead center? Edge of the hitbox, you can you, it shoots faster and it does the same damage. Oh. So if you if you're shooting at somebody's head, um, on the side of the head and you hit like you know right on the side of their head, it does the same damage as if you hit them directly in the face. Oh, then aimbots they started to become um you know well we'll miss every now and again. Or we will come in dead center, you know, stuff like that, and that's how they they get smarter. But like you know, VAC wasn't catching that stuff. Is is it that the aimbot is getting smarter, or the people writing the aimbots are getting smarter? The people writing the aimbots are getting smarter, so therefore they're they're changing the way they work. But uh, let's see, what else didn't work? Uh, I just talked about Infinity Ward. Their anti cheat didn't work. Battlefield's anti cheat doesn't work. The one made by the developer itself. Like the community used to come up with anti cheats all the time, and not just not just anti cheats. Like let's say let's say somebody never gets caught with an anti cheat, right? Um, what uh, for Unreal Tournament, for example? Uh, if the community decided that this person here, this guy, is a cheater, okay, this person is a cheater, they have his ID. There was like a global um, plugin that you can get for your server that will block everybody with certain IDs. So the plugin would activate, it would check the server for the for the newest list of banned IDs. Whatever players showed up in that list, boom, get kicked out of your server right there. So even if the anti-cheat didn't catch it, but you knew this guy was hacking, because sometimes anti-cheat just doesn't work. But if you knew this guy was hacking, it would be taken care of. The communities should be policing themselves, not the developers. But the problem is the developer wants to ha- clinch the game so tight so they can deliver DLC and you know things of that nature that they're taking out of the community's hands and now these com- these hackers are going to run wild because even after respawn you know even after respawn uh catches these guys like probably the blatant hackers there's still gonna be tons of hackers out there that are toggling you know bots on and off and doing stuff like that like and it'll be better if the community managed it that's all i'm trying to say <laughs> As opposed to you know the, the the developer taking everything into their hands because it's a lot to manage a to manage a community like that it's a lot dude you know and no, you're not really going to get someone who wants to do it as much as someone in the community who is having their fun ruined like somebody at the company that's their job to do it and I mean they're they'll do they'll work as hard as they can but someone who like passionately cannot stand the hackers that are ruining their fun that's the person I want trying to get cheaters out of my fucking games. Like somebody who despises these people and wants to do, is willing to do the work to get rid of them. 
Like, and you'll get that from the community every time. You're less likely to get it from the company. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's 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 the problem. Like they 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 hold on to, uh, they they hold on to the game so tight that the communities can't form. They're suffocating the communities. Mm. You know? and the communities give so much back to these games. Like, like some of these online communities are why games are still running. Like fucking Counter Strike, shit like that. Like people have been playing that for years. Oh yeah. And then on top of that, like, like somebody, like a, a, a somebody who got into the PC community or who got into gaming communities, let's say through Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare Two or some of the newer games, if I tried to explain to them how communities used to work before, they would never, they would never understand it. Like the the Unreal Tournament, the Unreal Tournament community was completely separated from Epic. Epic came to the Unreal Tournament community to do stuff. They came to the community to get new mods. They came to the community to get new maps. You know, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with Quake. Quake was the same thing. Now it's like they, the community forums. Like you know where the community forums are going to be, all the time now. Uh, they're all they're going to be on the developers' website. The Hawking community is going to be on the Hawking website. The um, LOL community is on the LOL website. But like if it was the same, if it was if it worked like that forever, I mean. Like there'll be no Shuriken.com for the fighting community. Uh, actually, Cal used to be the community hub for Counter Strike. I don't even. I think ESEA is where a lot of those guys are hanging out now. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't go there that much. And then real tournament community, rest in peace. Like, uh, epic, they epic killed it. <laughs> epic killed it dead. So, uh, like the gaming communities are not what they used to be. Like they used to be tight knit. You know, and uh, but now not not really not anymore. And it's funny because we were all still the, the same shitheads to each other when we were part of these communities, but it was like an odd friendship. Yeah, like just like it was just as caustic as the internet is now. But I mean, we were we all still kind of bonded over love of the game and things like that. Just I, I don't know. It seems like it's missing without having the tools to do these things anymore. Lost something along the way. <laughs> I, th- I think part of it too, though, is that it's one thing if like it's another fellow member of the community who's like yelling at you for you know like being a shithead on the forums. But when it's like an official member of you know the developers, you know employment, um, you know then it feels like oh this is the man coming down on me. Like as opposed to it being like oh you know like this is somebody that like is one of my peers yelling at me and you can actually kind of go back and forth and maybe despite being kind of like a dick to him you can still develop like a, a bit of respect at least now it's just like oh you know this is just corporate you know corporate uh, you know authority and abuse of power and you know now you just go off and you don't there's no almost it's easy to just kind of shut the argument down and not really get into like well you know why is it you know what what, what about my behavior triggered this you're just like oh yeah the company you know is being a dick. And you, you you kind of move on from it. So there's, in a way, the co- the com- the company is too authoritarian to effectively be part of the community. And I think there's a there's a divide there that they can never get uh, never bridge. That's true. A lot of community stuff used to be voted upon. Um, now it's like the companies they'll take your input into consideration, but they will ultimately do what they want to do. Whereas with you know competitive Unreal Tournament. We used to have, like, you know, making a map change was a big deal and had a lot of people involved in that decision. And the rules for playing the game competitively had a lot of, um, uh, had a lot of, uh, 
people involved with that as well. Um, but yeah, it, you don't get that anymore. And I don't, I don't know if it can ever go back to being that because, you know, people aren't going to be used to it. Like, what do you mean Epic's not going to tell us what to do now? <laughs> you know, or what do you mean Riot's not going to tell us what to do? So yeah, that's... It's, it's, it's sad. It, it really sad. Like, gaming communities aren't what they used to be. You know, no. is, is, that, is that fundamentally maybe the solution to all this insofar as, I mean, right now the community that exists is still, there are still, you know, holdouts from the old guard that remember when we, you know, ran the communities and it wasn't under the, the boot of, uh, you know, the developers and whatnot. Um, but is it possible that maybe as, you know, that old guard dies out and becomes replaced with people who always grew up under this regime, is it possible then that they may not cheat as much that sort of when the the developers you know slap their hand down on somebody they may be like oh well you know now i'm actually scared of them and without realizing they didn't have to be scared necessarily or they may not you know especially a lot of the cheats come from outside you know the fringes of the community anyway outside of the developer's grasp uh you know that that'll become further marginalized and, and to a degree that as the developers gain enough power that you know that the people who only knew the developers as the authority they just simply won't be able to cheat no, there will always be cheaters. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who hack these games, they're not hacking it just because they want to hack the game, uh, just because they want to cheat. They're hacking it because it's like a challenge to them. And so they'll hack it, they'll make the cheat. They probably don't even use the cheats. The guys who are making the cheats probably don't even use it. They just put it out there. You know? That's the thing. So I, I, I don't think so. I don't think, it, I don't think it works like that. That's very wishful thinking, Nick. Good on you. Good on you. I don't. I, I wouldn't call it wishful thinking that people grow up in sort of a like almost a totalitarian regime. The way I'm describing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, it's. I, I don't necessarily even agree with my own assessment there. I was just asking the question, but I don't know. It's that that I'm. I, there's plenty of times I am. I'm guilty of wishful thinking. I don't think that was one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know, the, uh, this conversation actually turned out a lot different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it turned from, uh, you know, building up the community to, you know, fuck the man. <laughs> Get your boot off my neck, <laughs> game developer. <laughs> I don't know, I just kind of wish, I don't know, I, when, there was, when, when I felt that it was more of a community to be involved in, I was more inclined to be a part of the community. You know, I was more inclined to go to forums and stuff like that. But now you go to a lot of these websites and it's just, you know, people arguing back and forth until something relevant comes up. Then developer comes out, developer will come out and then squish it. Like, well, no, because it's this way. When there's no real debate there going on. You know? But, oh well. The old guard's dying, Nick. The old dog's going out the rest. So. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. Um, which I want to tell you straight up what this topic's going to be about. Uh, like, we weren't really going to talk about it at first, but then, the but then three... we argued about it for like a half an hour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we argued about it for about a half hour. Um, all, all with kind of different views, almost, kind of. Uh, Nick is wrong. Uh, me and Joel are right, but for two different reasons. Actually, I want to say, and I'll come back to this, we're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, the... Um, Recently, their back, title, by the way, I would say we're all wrong. Their title. <laughs> um, so recently, Valve 
made it so that developers can set their own prices on their games. So essentially, developers can throw their own Steam sales at any given time. I was victim to this <laughs> on Saturday when uh, I saw that... Uh, who was it? Who made Broken Age? Um, God, why... Uh, yeah, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer, yeah. Double fine, double fine. Double fine, yeah. So Broken Age was on sale. For like, uh, it's like thirty three percent off, and I clicked on it. I saw okay, I was like okay, cool, thirty three percent off, right? And um, then I clicked the, like the button to buy it, and now it's full price. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. So I go back, and the price had changed. I'm like, are you serious? And this wasn't like it wasn't like a noontime switch. I did this at like a one forty three in the afternoon that this happened. So I don't know what what happened. I don't know how long these prices are able to be in effect. But yeah, developers can they're in charge of their own pricing on Steam now. Okay, they who's, can. Huh? Who's in charge of the marketing though? Because that doesn't that that doesn't sound like it's a pricing. I mean, it's a pricing issue, but that doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like it was like oh the developer decided it's full price, but Steam is still like hey, it's on sale. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that. That was uh, just the issue I came up. With came across but that was specifically for um that was specifically for that game this article uh from nicholas lavelle uh talks about how valve just started the race the, the pc uh pricing race to zero he's saying that because of this all pc games will be priced at zero uh or free um soon enough uh <laughs> So he <laughs> can't even say it. <laughs> I, I just I looked at the beginning of the article again and it made me chuckle. So basically, he starts off the article by saying, um, "Here's the, here's the argument for marginal cost. Uh, sorry, for marginal cost. He starts compare uh, by comparing video games to shoe sales and saying if somebody if it costs somebody a dollar to make a shoe and they start selling shoes at five dollars each, and that gives the opportunity for somebody to come in." and sell for $4 each, and so on and so forth, until they get down to the marginal cost. And he's saying that since PC games, essentially the marginal cost is zero, um, you know, eventually PC games will go down to being free. Okay? Uh, The second argument is regarding hardware, and him saying that it it makes more sense for Valve to have more free games, because they don't care about the cost of the games, He's saying that Valve doesn't care about the cost of the games, by the way. Not me. He's saying he doesn't care. They don't care about the cost of the games. What they care about is the uh, the hardware in terms of the Steam box. And the more free games they have, the more Steam boxes they will sell. Okay? So who wants to go first? Nick or Joel? I'll, I'll let Joel go. No. No, you go. <laughs> well, see, I, don't know, I, I feel he like he wants I, you to fly so he can shoot you down, Nick. Pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. No, Nick um, does make a compelling argument. He, he stopped me for a little bit in our, our previous argument earlier, so I need to hear it again. Well, well, I mean, for, first, the fundamental thing is you have to understand the concept of marginal cost, which is saying that after the initial outlay to produce, in, in the case of shoes, to produce that first pair of shoes once you have the factory in place that can produce you know that in the molds and, and the people to put the shoes together and all that all that overhead in place at that point 
all the bulk of your expenditures are gone. Now it's just how much does it cost you for basically materials and then time and labor to produce each additional shoe. That's the marginal cost. And so if you you calculate that over all the shoes, maybe it works out to a dollar per shoe. Um, and so fundamentally for video games, because all the all the development costs go into making that first copy of a game, really the first not it's not even a copy. It's the first instance of the game, the first program. After that. You're just copying it. And especially in the case of digital goods, all you're paying for at that point is server space and bandwidth to transfer it across that server space. Um, and that, for all intents and purposes, can be considered to be zero or at least negligible for the purposes of the argument. Um, and so because of that, he's saying that now, you know, somebody comes out with a game and they charge $4 for it and somebody else comes out with a game and they charge $3 for it, unlike shoes, which have a very a finite marginal cost because of materials, for games, it can go all the way down to zero. Uh, so economically, he's not wrong. That's a, that's a valid principle. But the pro... Well, well I don't know. Do, do we want to get into shooting down? Because there is the rebuttal that we were talking about as well, that games are not shoes. Guns up, Joel. They're they're not. I mean, like it's it's even in that argument, he points out that like not all shoes are created equal. Kind of like the basis of the argument is that you just need a pair of shoes, so that one company making a shoe is just as good as another company. So if theirs are cheaper, then yours will have to get cheaper, and that sort of does a thing there. But I mean, there's all kinds of games out on the market, but, but actually, that's not even really what I'm tackle right now. I'm just the games do cost a ton of money like after after release like there's there's like these things there's servers to maintain and some games keeping keeping the digital copies live like the costs don't end they'll just uh. well you just got to you got to you know recomp your costs just to begin with game <laughs> costs are front loaded big time mm-hmm. ask team bondi mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find them yeah <laughs> You know, I, I just want to point out to tie this back to our last topic. If games would let the communities run the games after release, they wouldn't have to worry about as many of these back-end costs. They can just hand it over to the community and let them support the servers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that we, we've already covered that today, Nick. Go ahead, I Joel. Know, I know, I know. Who's going, Joel or... I don't know. <laughs> we all sort of started going at once. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, no... Because, well, I mean, the other thing, too, is that he, he does, I mean, he does the thing in arguments where he makes some very specific definitions about what the argument is. And as far as he, he talks about, like, well, first off, he's not talking about AAA games because those, you know, AAA games oftentimes come out in, on, uh, on disc and, you know, have boxes and they have a very physical product that requires marketing. So they can't have that race to zero because they, like shoes, have a material cost. So you're not, you're already not talking about AAA games. He also says he's not counting marketing at all because, again, that's another sort of variable cost that differs for, from game to game. So what game are you talking about then? It, it seems like he's really he's almost talking about an argument that he actually uses to support his argument. He's, it sounds like really he's talking about like like games for iOS and Android where there's not a lot of, you know, there's not even then some of the bigger ones there have some marketing. But generally, a lot of the games on iOS and Android, they're released as free to play. Because the you know they're it's an terrible. online environment. Well, exactly, they're terrible. I mean, the quality the quality is is negligible in that case. So at that point, you can't really distinguish between any one free to play and any other free to play game. And he even talks about how Apple 
you know, intentionally kind of like manipulated this market because they didn't care about the cost. They just wanted a bunch of free software because they're a hardware vendor and they, they know that free software, regardless of its, you know, suckitude. I would, um, I would like sells, to point sells out, units. I'd like to point out that that article he pointed to was from January of last year. Another article just came out recently stating that one of Apple's largest, like, like you know, revenue generators right now is the App Store. And it's growing. So he's wrong. Just like you, Nick. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm not defending him. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you didn't really sound like you were defending him anymore. No. Sounds like we were all sort of coming around on the same conclusion. Like he's the market he's talking about. I, I, I'm not. Is he just talking about phones, like games on, like iOS and Android games are just going to stay free? Because I, I, I guess I, I don't know. There's, there's always going to be these shit games on it. I mean, if that's your only competition, that they're, it's a garbage game, but at least it's free. I, I don't know. He seems to think he seems to think that Valve is moving into the hardware sector with the Steam Box, and what they're going to want is a large number of cheaply available, free-to-play games. So when people get their Steam Box, they can plug it in and say, "Holy cow! I've got this huge library of games that cost me nothing." So therefore, my Steam Box is better than my PS4 and my Xbox One. But it's what hard he, to make. I'm sorry. What he fails to realize is we literally just had this happen with the Ouya, and <laughs> nobody cared. It's Nobody cares. <laughs> well, you had to buy a new. Uh, most people have a phone already. I mean, I have a phone because I need to call and receive texts. Oh, hey, I can put some shit games on here. What the hell? Might as well. I'm not gonna. I would never, ever buy a, a friggin' phone that I didn't need so I could play a phone game. There's, there's no game that's going to be moving these systems. So if the Steam Box, if he's suggesting that Steam will move these systems by releasing tons of these like zero cost games they are no that's not going to happen i'm not going to buy one to play shitty phone games just because they're free i don't care if there's a million of them i can download emulators of decent games on the internet if i was going to go down that road right if that if, if anything isn't his article sort of a warning to steam like you've seen the app store and how filled with crap it is and allowing developers to name their own price if you wind up with a large number number of, of terrible games, those will chase to zero because mm -hmm. the, I mean, the, the, the one other thing is, you know, games are differentiated by their quality and, 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 you know, good games, people will pay for good games. Yeah. So all this does is this allows somebody to put out a crap game on steam, which up till this, up till now has been curated. This game still have to go through green light. And we know steam is looking at, modifying that steam wants it's it's is that sort of what makes steam unique is that as much as valve doesn't want to be in the we have to we're the arbiter of the steam service and we decide what gets put up here as much as they're trying to crowdsource that as they can they still know that they want some sort of quality control on there to make sure that it doesn't just go rampant with crapware all over xbox the place. live indie games yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we can't have that happen again and we have CNN to the massagers and really shitty fucking, oh my god. I, I still look at that thing every week because it is pure hilarity. What mm -hmm. gets released when no, there's no gatekeeper watching things. <laughs> Everybody gets in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, now I, I agree with your, uh, with your points. 
Uh, actually, now that Nick's starting to come around to the right point of view, <laughs> I'm agreeing with Nick, too. Well, but, okay, go ahead. I just want to say, he's not wrong, but his argument is so narrowly defined. Like, technically, logically, his argument is correct, but in the greater world, no, he's wrong. <laughs> no, technically, his argument is correct. Logically, he's wrong. <laughs> so yeah, it, just, we'll move it touches on. on such a small subset of games it's just like why are we even talking about well this he's shit? one thing he's like he's comparing like sneakers or not sneakers but like, you know shoes but let's say he's acting well first of all games aren't shoes but second of all games don't have competitors like other markets do like uh, we let's talk about like nike versus reebok you know nike is a competitor to reebok you know, however, Valve or let's say um, Irrational Games isn't a competitor to Bethesda. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work like that with games. Like game, most games do not have competitors. Like I don't even know if I would call Activision and EA competitors. I mean, technically speaking, they are, but nowhere near the level of of Nike and Reebok. Or Sony and Samsung in terms of electronics, uh, it, it's just not at that level. I mean, what happens like if you were a competitor, if if EA and Activision were competitors, you know, it, it would be like you know if if it would be Battlefield versus Call of Duty, and if Battlefield didn't hit Call of Duty numbers or vice versa, one of those games would be a failure. But you know what happens when Call of Duty comes out? People just really shit around Call of Duty. Like you don't have to you don't have to directly compete with other video games. Like when big games come out, you know, sometimes people buy both games in the same month. Sometimes people buy the one game they really want and then a couple months later they'll buy the other game. So each everybody's still making money. They don't have they don't have to race to zero, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They don't have to have the lower price. If that was the case, we'd be in a price war right now. You know, we games would not be coming out at sixty. Every, all games coming out at sixty bucks. That means there's no comp. They're not really competing with each other. You could argue that we are in a price war, though, because developers want to raise that sixty dollar price, but they know that there's pressure that they can't. Publishers want to raise that sixty dollar price because they're greedy assholes. Exactly. Well, that that's the that's how the market works. Somebody wants to sell something, they want to sell it for as much as they can. People want to buy something, they want to buy it for as low as they can. And when everybody kind of agrees like this is a terrible price, that's how much it sells for. Yeah, but that's different. It's not the same thing because they know they're on the cusp like they can't raise the prices anymore. Activision is brilliant because they got you paying 100 120 bucks for Call of Duty a year. Okay? Don't let the, don't mistake that. Like you know, they do have you paying 120 bucks for Call of Duty a year, all right. So, yeah, but like they they found a way to sneak around getting more money out of you and other other publishers with the DLC. But they know if ne- the next generation, the next gen consoles, or this gen of consoles now, it's not next gen anymore, um, would be in trouble if they said, "Oh, the game's are 70 bucks now," you know. And that's and unless the, you're in Canada, yeah, unless yeah, and the rising cost of games. Is not about competition; it's about out of control budgets and not being able to to manage teams properly. That is a whole different conversation. That's not competition. Competition drives prices down, not up. So everybody's saying, "I think sixty dollars is good." What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good to me too. Let's do that. That's what's going on. Or or as soon as somebody gets away with selling the game for sixty five bucks. 
everybody saw it at 65 bucks. Mm-hmm. They're not competing with each other. And that's why his argument falls flat to begin with. There is no race to zero. You don't, you're not going to have, you know, uh, one indie developer saying, oh, well, this game has come out on the same day, so I need to have a lower price. No, they're not going to do that. It's not how it works. But that's, but that's the thing. The, the race to zero exists when you start looking in like subgenres where like my free Flappy Bird clone is up against your free Flappy Bird clone. That's not competition. That's like I hope you get money. I hope I get money because we didn't do shit for this. I don't know. I don't, well, I think the problem is you're being very generous, and I hope you get money because if I'm making a Flappy Bird clone, I'm the only one that wants the money there. Mm-hmm. I really, I really don't care if about you. If you're making a Flappy Bird clone, you probably also have a Mario Brothers clone. You're just throwing fish lines out there and yes. hoping to catch somebody. Exactly. That's all you're doing. Exactly. I don't think you're you're putting your rent on that. <laughs> you know. I, I hope not. It's a freaking Flappy Bird clone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, there is no no competition, and that's that's why I think that's why I'm saying his argument completely falls flat. He doesn't know what he's talking about. His his website's name is Game Brief. <laughs> we made fun of this earlier. <laughs> yes, we made fun of this. Briefs earlier. are underwear. Can I, can I say underwear. what? Can, can I say say why we're all wrong though? Why are we all wrong? Because we've been, we've we've been trolled. And not just in the original argument, but then also in the rebuttal. Because the very first line of the original argument is in chapter three of The Curve, which is his book on video game economics. Mm-hmm. So right there, it's all a marketing piece for his book. And then the rebuttal has uh, the rebuttal by Another Chris Bateman book. is, uh, yeah, in my latest book, Chaos Ethics. So these are all just promotional pieces for their books well thanks for promoting them nick because i wasn't even going to bring it up (laughs) you just did exactly what they wanted you to do can can we you are a marketing tool nick now how do you feel can we bleep that out (laughs) i don't know we just argued everything i wouldn't buy those books i don't think anyone else will need because they're wrong buy my book why these two guys are wrong <laughs> it will not waste your time. Chapter in any one. Way. They're wrong because I'm right. <laughs> in chapter one. Chapter two. I'm serious. Yeah. The rest is just eight hundred pages of lesbian porn. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't regret buying it, but <laughs> See Joel, happy customer right there. I give the people mm-hmm. what they want. Yeah, I would write a review on the Amazon. <laughs> this book changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and easy to understand. <laughs> uh, but okay, yeah, let's let's move on from that. Uh, and Nick, Nick is sitting the cone of shame for marketing that for them. <laughs> he's got nothing. He's got, got nothing. nothing. I'm looking at him. He's got I, nothing. I, I, one of those things I didn't. You didn't give sixty dollars yeah. to the people who made Castlevania: Lords of Shadow Two, so Nick, you can hold your head high. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-five dollars. I forgot. Oh yeah, that's right. It fucking sucks. Oh my god, they're probably just having a cheeseburger combo with that extra five bucks. <laughs> just smiling. <laughs> See, man, Canada they they get that good health care, but they don't get a uh, <laughs> they don't get the good game prices. You got you got to break somewhere, huh? That 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 uh, Medicare money comes from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, push your your money's rubber. So like, right? It's rubber, right? Yeah, a freak I was going to show you, but... I guess hey, you guys, they have rubber money. Like, that shit's expensive. 
<laughs> They're afraid people are counterfeiting it. Nobody's counterfeiting this shit. It looks fake to begin with now. It looks like Monopoly money. It really does. I was playing Monopoly the other night and was like, God damn. You can easily mix these up. <sighs> oh, well. Okay, so let's move on to our last topic, which is really going to be the Nick Zell and Kevin show because it has to do with <laughs> World of Warcraft. So I'm going to be quiet now. Have a nice day. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, so I, I thought this was uh, sort of a, a, I guess, amusing to a degree. Um, last or earlier this week, uh, pre-orders for the uh, Warlords of Draenor, the next expansion, went live, and um, the pre- the pre-orders went live. The, the game's not in beta yet. There's been no talk of the release date, and Blizzard's been very coy about saying when it'll be released. You know, they just said they're working on it. Um, so when the pre-orders went live on the website, they said, we plan to have this released in fall of 2014. And then the official fine print said game to be released on or before December 20th, 2014. Um, so of course that immediately freaked out the fan base because they saw that as, oh, the game is getting released on December 20th, 2014. And Blizzard had to come out and be like, no, look, we just said on or before we we're going to get out before that. But people already kind of like, you know, started crying, you know, bloody murder about that and all. And already there's been a lot of dissension within the community um, because it is kind of taking a while to get to beta. And especially at BlizzCon, when they announced the game, they kind of gave the impression. And and one of the developers who's no longer with the company actually said, we're further along at this point in the expansion than we were at the same time in the last expansion. And that came out in September of 2012. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of pressure on Blizzard to get this game out as soon as they can, and they kind of shot themselves in the foot by by the wording that they used. If they had left it at fall 2013 or 2014, everybody said like, okay, they're looking to get out in you know fall. That's a very you know wide range of dates, and I think people would have been okay with that. But because and and I guess the question is, who put the wording in there? Um, because there's no specific provision, at least with U.S. marketing, that says you have to give a specific date by when the product will be available. Um, and, and it's possible that it may have been some kind of international caveat. But whoever let that put in there, they, they, they didn't help their cause because it just gave the fan base sort of another position to get riled up about. The, the, the price of the expansion already went up $10 from the last one. Um, so people were, were irritated about that. Wait a and second. It, how much is the expansion? It's fifty dollars. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought the last expansion was like fifty dollars. No, they've they've been forty dollars up till now. Okay, gotcha. And so, so this one again with the cost price of uh, development going up, they increased the cost by ten dollars. All right. Um, so that you know, so already like that put a bad taste in people's mouth. Plus, saying you're going to have to wait till December. Uh, it's interesting to note that prior expansions. Pre-orders weren't available until maybe about two months before launch. They announced the release date, and then pre-orders were available. This is the first expansion where they actually set the pre-orders well ahead of time uh, because they're offering a, uh, a feature where you can level up your characters in advance, and they wanted to make that available, and that comes with your pre-order. Um, so it, it just... It's not that they did anything wrong explicitly, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot and pissed off pissed off a lot of fans for no reason. Uh, I mean, everybody's still going to have time to calm down. It's going to be a long while before the game is released, possibly as long as I think to wait till the end of December. But um, overall, it was just you know, Blizzard you usually usually does well by their fans. Um, I mean, they they've you know they they at least, you know they do make some mistakes and they tend to own up to them. Um, it just seems that with with the with respect to this expansion going forward, they've kind of been tripping over their feet more often than usual. But uh, it's uh, 
don't know. They, they, they could have worded that better is what is really the ultimate point. Yeah, but don't you think like the, the community just overreacted a little bit there? Yes, but I think that's the thing. They should have known the community was going to overreact. You never, you never give anybody a date, even if, even if you're trying to manage expectations and be like, okay, this is the very last date. One, Blizzard is notorious for not making their dates. Right. So even if they're sitting there saying, okay, you know what? We'll definitely have this by December 20th. No, no problems. I feel like they're still setting themselves up for failure in that regard. Mm -hmm. That somehow they'll think they're going to hit that date and miss it. Um, You know, even then, I mean, they, they were playing, they said at BlizzCon that, you know, they expected to have the Hearthstone beta or uh, by the end of the year. And that didn't really happen until, you know, middle of January. I mean, it's a few weeks, but it's they're, they're notorious for not hitting the deadlines that they set. And even if they're giving themselves a wide margin here, it's not, it's not inconceivable that they somehow managed to miss it. Mm-hmm. I seriously doubt that I, I've been, I've been maintaining, I expect a release in September. Um, and this certainly fits within those parameters, but now uh, I could, you know, I mean, even then the original uh, burning crusade, they had to push that back after they, they, uh, they talked about getting that out in fall of uh, 2006. Burning Crusade. Yeah, that, they, they originally wanted that out in fall of 2006, and that got pushed to 2007. Now, that was their first expansion, so they were learning a lot there. But it almost seems like they're forgetting a lot of that. And actually, what's interesting to note is a lot of the developers that worked on Burning Crusade afterwards got pulled off and sent over to the Titan project. Well, that got with that getting redone, they all got sent back to Warcraft. So oh. it's kind of funny that these are the same people that missed the first expansion date, and now they're working on it again. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, if the community knows that Blizzard has a problem hitting dates, why would they, like, I mean, of course you'd be upset when a developer pushes something back, but shouldn't you expect, like, well, they put this date, they'll probably miss it? Like, don't get your hopes up type deal? The problem here is that the, Blizzard's been very staunch. Um, the last patch for WoW that had any significant content came out in September of 2013. Uh-huh. And people are already usually... Five to six months is really the long, the longest people can kind of go before they really start to gripe about not having new content, which is the point we're at now. And so if we're already faced with another five to six months, if not more, without new content, um, the fan base is really getting antsy. So it's kind of like they're it's 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 I mean, Blizzard's basically this is like throwing like your your cigarette onto like a, a pile of kindling. Like you're not really looking to start a fire, but it's gonna start a fire. You probably shouldn't be throwing your cigarette on kindling to begin with. Right. If I was a Blizzard fan, I'd probably be uh, be less inclined to uh, <laughs> to to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like Nick right now. I'm taking Nick's place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh well. I mean, at least oh well for me. I know the World of Warcraft fan base is can can be a bit extreme, but I mean it's been like that for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it is a video game, and the internet is available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what like gamers are overreacting. Film at eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. I guess what 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 surprises me? It's not that the it's not that the gamers overreacted. That makes sense. That's the logical part of all this. What, surpri- <laughs> what surprises me is like Blizzard didn't see that happening. That somebody didn't say, "Hey, you know what? Don't put that date in there." Because I'm sure even then, people would still be like, oh, fall 20, 2014, they'd still be griping about that. But that would be more just like, okay, now you're being a bit ornery. But it's like they gave them that specific date. So like, oh, well, no, it's not coming out until December. Like, oh, like, 
Yeah, they're stupid for saying that. Like, because it's you know, it's it's easy to if you think about it, it's easy to understand what's happening here. But for Blizzard to not think that their community would do that, it's like it's it's almost like they've been doing this for ten years now. They should know how you you know relate to the community, and it just seems like somebody was not somebody was asleep at the switch. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I feel nothing now. <laughs> shouldn't have given them material to get mad with i guess is what we're saying like people on the internet get mad guys don't make it easy for them exactly yeah okay all right well that's gonna wrap up the mash cast for this week um let's see what game's coming out next week uh metal gear your two-hour pre-game dlc Coming out next week. Uh, also, and I will be part of the problem because I'll probably buy it. If I had a PS4, I'd buy it. Yeah, because I mean, it's fucking Metal Gear. Right? Yeah, there's no way I'm buying it on PS3. No way. No. no. Good about it. Uh, is, uh, is Phantom Pain coming out on PS3? Maybe. It might be. Well, hey, I guess it kind of has to if this is coming out on PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster. Uh, unless you're on the Vita, then it's just the X HD Remax there. Uh, Whatever, yeah. that's a good one. Huh? Whatever, that's a good one. I don't know, man. X2 has its charm. <laughs> uh, no, maybe I, the, maybe the only reason I, I like X2 is because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you had the bar set really low. Yeah, it was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I kind of like the system of you, having to use your powers specifically to build yourself up. I like that. Uh, yeah, I bought Ninja Gaiden Z. Yeah, whatever the hell that mess ends up being. Did Can't you see be the trailer Ninja for Gaiden that? 3. Did you see the trailer? I'm afraid to after playing Ninja Gaiden 3. I physically cannot, afraid of it. I cannot believe I haven't heard somebody say something about the trailer. The trailer is extremely misogynist, and that's oh, a hot it, topic. I figured it would be. I mean, it's fucking Ninja Gaiden Tecmo. This delightful yeah. gentleman behind DOA. Beach volleyball. Yeah. Like everything like this in the trailer this woman's talking to him talking to him telling him about his powers. And one of the powers is that he can see through walls and she's like, Can I see through your skirt? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, yeah, like that. So like and Classy. everything he says about her like everything she says he finds some way to sex it up and say it back to her. So I'm surprised somebody hasn't said anything about it. It's stupid. It's a stupid trailer, but Probably because nobody's Looking at it after Ninja Gaiden 3. Right. Oh, That's why I'm hoping they'll give us a review copy. I'll play a little bit of it. So you're saying you make, a, you make a terrible game in a franchise and then nobody's interested in the follow-up to the game and then you can just be as sexist as you want. I guess so. Like, so ba- Battlefield 5 is going to be full of sexism then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, titties everywhere, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah, so that that's coming out. So that should be a, should be a good week, good good two weeks in gaming. Uh, so yeah, you can catch us on SoundCloud. I forgot to say thank you for listening, so thank you for listening. <laughs> but you can get us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash smash those buttons. Definitely catch us on iTunes. Very happy that iTunes is up and working, and nobody's having problems. Uh, we are also on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. This podcast. Hopefully you're listening to this on Friday morning because I'm going to make a special effort to make sure we get this podcast up by Friday morning. It's going to be in your iTunes waiting for you and on Stitcher waiting for you, hopefully. Um, but we are on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We are on Facebook.com slash smash those buttons. 
We are on YouTube.com slash MashThoseButtons. So you can catch us in all those places. And, of course, you can catch us at MashThoseButtons.com. Um, yeah, so as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go play South Park Stick of Truth. Just, just trust me. Do that with your time until good games come out next week. And also, I'm watching the Ninja Gaiden trailer right now, and if any of you buy it, I'll slap you. <laughs> Super hard. From Canada. From Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they just crashed a truck into a giant pair of women's legs. I didn't see that part. <laughs> I did. Good lord, that's what they ended it on! That's what they ended the trailer on! <laughs> I guess that's like, what we're ending on, too. Yes. Yeah. It's fucked. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Yeah, mine just got worse.